0: Our text is from Luke chapter 14. These words. But when you are invited, go and sit in the lowest place. So our text. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, if we were not to give this parable, if we were not to give this parable of Jesus much thought, it would seem that Jesus is teaching us somehow to feign humility, to act humble, to learn some sort of social trick so that we will not embarrass ourselves when we attend any type of gathering of people. I mean, this is how it reads, right? It's how it reads. Well, it seems to read. Don't sit in the highest place and be embarrassed but sit in the lowest place. Therefore, dollars to donuts, you'll be lifted up, praised, honored by all. Use this trick whenever you go anywhere and enjoy the goodwill and admiration of all those around you. But is that really what's going on? Is that what's going on here, especially in view of our epistle reading? And our Old Testament reading. Don't think so. Don't think so. It's more along these lines. Whenever you go somewhere, don't assume you're the smartest. Don't assume you're the best. Don't assume you're the most knowledgeable. Don't assume you're the richest. Don't assume you're the most clever. Don't assume you're the best educated. Don't assume you're the best looking. Don't assume you're the funniest person in the room. Why? Why? Why not make those assumptions? Well, you don't really know. You don't really know. You don't really know anything about the others who are there and that being the case why do you assume that you you're the smartest you're the best you're the most knowledgeable you're the richest the most clever the best educated the best looking the funniest person in the room worthy to be honored by all why do you do that why do we do that why do we do it it's a problem isn't it a challenge And that is how we are to view ourselves over against all those around us. What? What? You don't think so? Well, how about the times? How about the times that we have been angered or dismayed or frustrated because we have met someone who actually is the smartest, is the best, most knowledgeable, the richest, most clever, best educated, best looking, funniest person in the room, what happens then what happens then is that we can become resentful thinking somehow that they should not be that told a story once about a student at our st louis seminary who on the first day of campus ran into an old guy walking down the walk there and so introduced himself shaking his hand telling him his first name and the old guy introduced himself and said hi I'm Carl. Well, they talked for a while, parted company, and a few days later, in the opening assembly, that student spotted Carl once again. He spotted Carl up on the stage. He spotted Carl behind the podium. Carl, Dr. Carl Barth, the president, the president of Concordia Seminary at the time, not the Carl Barth, the different Carl Barth. Now the student liked to tell that story because it demonstrated the down to earth nature of that president. But it also in my mind illustrated the egalitarian thinking of that student who would have been offended who would have been offended if Carl had identified himself as being the president of the institution even though he could have because well he, he was You see, there is also within us a propensity to immediately assume when we meet the smartest, the best, the most knowledgeable, the richest, the most clever, the best educated, the best looking, the funniest person in the room. Yes, within us is the propensity to think of such a person as arrogant. And sure, sometimes they are. But oftentimes we can simply be bowled over by the skills, talents, and abilities of others and so go on the attack. They're not better than I am, they're arrogant. No, they're not arrogant, they're better. They simply are. One of my classmates in Germany, for example, spoke six languages, six languages fluently. He's 23. So backtracking here, we could say when we find ourselves among a group of people, we simply should not assume some sort of position of superiority. We are, in fact, in Christ to be humble. But why? Why humble? Why are we to be humble? Well, the overarching reason for our humility as Christians is the the acknowledgement that we have nothing. We have absolutely nothing that we have not received, that we have not received from our Father in heaven. Absolutely nothing. Writing to the Christians in Corinth, the Apostle Paul addressed their arrogance, their arrogance as Christians, decrying such an attitude, noting, What do you have that you did not receive? And if you've received it, why do you boast as if you did not receive it? There, the Christian faith itself is addressed. But the same could be said for the skills, talents, abilities, knowledge, opportunities, looks, and even sense of humor that we possess. What do we have? that we did not receive and if we've received it why do we boast as if we did not receive it so we repent don't we let's repent for our arrogance for our arrogance which would cause us to lord ourselves over our neighbor but also but also pit ourselves over against god our lives, each of our lives becoming a tower of Babel of sorts erected to somehow make our own names and accomplishments, our thoughts and creations to be remembered forever and ever and ever. No. No, God is Well, God. If that's our problem, that God is God, that God is our creator, and we bristle at that assuming that since God is God and knows everything and can do everything and is in fact the smartest best, richest, most wonderful. Our problem is that God is God. Well, that just demonstrates our own arrogance, doesn't it? So what can we do? How is it that we can live as we read in the prophet Micah? How is it that we can walk humbly with our God? Well, the answer, the answer is in the humility of God himself. The solution is in the humbleness of God. The key is in the fact that in order for us to walk humbly with our God, God himself walked humbly with us. So the familiar words of Philippians 2, have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Now God, God did this. The Son of God did this. Christ humbled himself so that in his suffering and death, he could offer himself as a sacrifice for our sins, our sins of arrogance. And he could offer himself to his Father in heaven, our Father in heaven, So believing in Him, our arrogance could be forgiven. And what is more, the Spirit of Christ could be sent to us to give us the mind of Christ. The mind of Christ. The humble mind of Christ that says, everything you have, you have received. So, Philippians, have this mind among you which is yours in Christ Jesus. Have this mind among you which is yours in Christ Jesus. It is the mind of Christ which we have been given which would allow us not only to walk humbly with our God but walk humbly with our fellow man. That is, live the life urged by the Holy Spirit in our epistle reading. Walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called with all humility and gentleness and patience bearing with one another in love. Now, it is true, isn't it? I mean, have you ever noticed that within the world those people of equal stature, equal wealth and standing, have you ever noticed that such people seem to kind of come together and walk together with one another and and they kind of get along? Ever thought about that? Why that is? Why people that are similar get together and, and get along? Well, the reason that is is that they don't have to spend their time bragging about what they've done or pouting as they hear about the accomplishments of another. They can instead simply talk they can simply talk with people just like themselves we call such people peers right they're called peers and they are our peers because they are similar to us in accomplishments experience talent etc but here's the thing here's the thing in christ our humble savior every human being is our peer Every human being is our peer. For every human being has been created by our Father in heaven. Every human being was suffered and died for by Jesus. Every human being the Holy Spirit wishes wishes to work within. So our interaction then with all those around us does not have to be based on assumptions of worth. Of our earthly worth, earthly status, or their earthly worth or earthly status but can be on the basis of this heavenly reality. Returning to our text, then the issue again is not how we might act humbly in order to enjoy glory, but to be truly humble, living daily with the mind of our humble Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, amen. Now may the peace which passes all understanding keep our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus unto life everlasting, amen. We rise and confess our Christian faith in the words of the Apostles' Creed.